Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the name of Jesus. So good to see some of you who I haven't seen for a while. Maybe just a week or two, but so good to see you anyway. And absent does, does make the heart grow fonder. Amen? Amen. As the children leave and go to their classrooms, practice enough for their special, which I'm looking forward to, and I hope you are too. And uh, I know Michelle and Christine are looking forward to it. We're going to be um, in Mark chapter 2. I'm going to read, and we'll have some on the board in a moment, uh, but if you'll uh, mark it down and just check me out later. Um, my brothers and sisters, just, uh, gosh, God is, I'm just going to fly with it. Holy Spirit, help me. Man, I want to tell you over the last few weeks, I mean, I've felt like this for a while, and I know that some of you um, have felt this way too. We're, we're on the edge. Something's, something's happening. Things are, are different, and and. And, and things are changing, and God is moving. There's no question. God is always moving, but, I mean, He's moving among us, and there's some things that are changing, and there's some things that are happening. Um, the Monday night prayer, I want to remind you that we'll be here at 645 tomorrow. Anybody who's interested, please come and pray with us. Um, it's no big deal. Uh, if the Lord gives us a word, He gives us a word, but we're here to, to pray to Him and to listen. Amen? Amen. But if He gives us a word, great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm always wanting to hear from God in that way, but... My brothers and sisters, I, I, I will tell you that it doesn't matter where you are right now, spiritually. I mean, it does, but it doesn't matter to this extent. God will meet you where you are. It doesn't matter what kind of a week that you have, have had or weeks leading up to this point. I want to tell you that God is concerned for you, which you already know, but God is so concerned that He's, he want, he's speaking loudly and clearly to His people. There's no question about that. If you'll give him your attention, but not really, uh, I want to say this right, hallelujah. It, don't go into it with a preconceived notion of what it's going to look like, or what it will sound like. Okay, so even now as we break this bread, I, I pray that you would be open-minded and open-hearted and not... Um, go into this and look at this with a, a, a preconceived notion or an idea. Amen. Just be open. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. I f- an urgency. There's an urgency. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless us, each of us, to hear from you. Lord, I pray that you would bless me to get me out of the way that I may say only the words that you want me to say. Help me to be your vessel right now. Lord, I'm not worthy, but I'm willing Lord, I'm weak, but you're strong. So, Lord, in this moment right now, I'm depending on your strength. Father, both to give me words and to give us all ears and hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So now, in Mark 2. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven of you. 
And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and he went in in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God. And glorified God, that's the key, glorified God, saying we never saw anything like this. To God be the glory. Great things he's doing. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, this is not an unfamiliar story to many of us. But, but uh, let's, let's just take this apart. So let's go back now. And we're going to begin in verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, I, I like, and, and you know how in Tony language, I like just pulling stuff apart and try to picture this. I picture, see, I, could, I grew up in the Northeast, and I, could, I, I grew up with some people that had a lot of nerve. You know what I mean? I'm, and some of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, I go, hey, you know, he's with us. He's going to be taken care of. You know what I mean? Come on. Some of you know what I mean. Hey, he's with us. So I, I see these four guys carrying their buddy. They can't... Now, imagine this. This is a house. And it's not like they had big mansions or anything like this. This is probably an average-sized home of that time in that day. And it's packed out. And so now there's no room in the house, not even to stand by the door. These guys have their buddy, and they're breaking a hole in the roof, and they're going to let him down. They let him down. And so now... They, I don't know how they did it. I mean, you know, it's probably they were listening to see where about Jesus might have been standing, and they plopped him down right where Jesus was in that in the in the area where Jesus was. Can you imagine? Amen. Isn't that so great? So how could Jesus not see? There's a, probably you're here in the roof being torn off, and, 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 and then boom, here comes this guy on a on a blanket or whatever they had a pallet, whatever it is they were laying him out, and they just lowered him down. And so Jesus saw their faith and he said to the, son, to the son who was paralyzed, your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you. Right to the heart of the matter. Was that man lowered? Were, were his friends lowering him down so that his sins could be forgiven? No. No. Well, they, they were lowering him down because... They had heard that Jesus was healing the sick. They had heard about Jesus' fame. Jesus' fame was through the land. They, they knew what Jesus could do. He knew, they knew the signs, wonders, and miracles that Jesus was performing, that God was, God was moving among them. They bought their friend that he's going to be healed today. Let's just do this thing. But Jesus, right to the heart of the matter, your sins are forgiven. See, my brothers and sisters, I, I, I think for me, when I, when I look at this and I, and I want to you know, give room for the Spirit, you know, God is concerned with our bodily needs. There is no question about that. But He's concerned with our eternity. Our bodily needs, our, the, the, the condition, the human condition is totally affected by sin. The sin that Adam and Eve allowed to come into this realm, the sin that caused now for there to be this, uh, th- these germs and this bacteria and all of these other negative things to, to attack us in this physical realm, that, 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 that was led in by them. And so now 
because of the sin, we have to deal with all of these other things. Now, does that mean that every time I get sick, it's because there's sin in my life? No. I'm living in this, this world now, which sin was let in. The, the results of sin, it, sin had its result. Right? That was the result of, of the sin. So every time that I get sick or every time that something happens to me, does that mean that I'm in sin? No. But it could. It could. My brothers and sisters, this is not, this is not so hard to figure out. We need to be open and honest and understand that God has a concern for our immortality. He's concerned with our eternity. Yeah, He's concerned with you right here, right now, but the most important thing about right here, right now is where this is bringing us. The most important thing about right here, right now is what are we doing as it relates to our eternity? Uh, John Bevere wrote a book a while back, and I read it, and it was just very, very good, uh, so I recommend it highly, Driven by Eternity. What we do here, what, what we're all about, our, our, our lives, our day-to-day, uh, are we driven, are we, do we have an, a mindset toward eternity? Are we, or are we just about the here and now? Because Jesus is about eternity. Hallelujah. I want to... It's easy... Very easy because there's so many opportunities for us to get caught up. There's so many distractions. There's so many things. We're so busy and, and you hear it from this pulpit all the time. And, and my brothers and sisters, I, I, just don't, I just don't see any other way around it. I mean, we are all busy all the time about things, about living, about life. But my brothers and sisters, when I see a scripture like this, and I see how important it is to those brothers, those friends who lowered this man in for him to be healed. But then I see our Lord and Savior, the author and the finisher of our very faith, recognize the the root of the problem. The eternity that's at stake. Man... I kind of look at some of the things that I think about, some of the things that I dwell upon, and some of the things that catch my attention. I feel so silly sometimes. I'm so worried about what's going on in the here and now, and I forget. Oh, I'm not worried about hell. Oh, man, I wonder if... No, I know that... I know where I'm going. Well, man, aren't you so cocky? No, I'm not. Because it had nothing to do with me. It's, It's not me. It's everything that He did for me. And then I just believe and I live in Him. That's it. Amen? That's all any of us can do. We live in Him. By His grace, we live in Him. Hallelujah. So, no, it's not boldness or cockiness. I have all my confidences in Him. Amen? Amen. So day to day, I'm depending on Him for that. So I have confidence in Him. So I'm not worried about hell. I'm not worried about, uh uh-oh, if I make one mistake, he's going to jerk the rug out from underneath me. He's just waiting for me to make a mistake so that he can, you know, you know just pu- you know, pull the plunge, the, the, this great plunger in heaven and I go, boom, straight to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. No, he, no that's, he's doing everything that he can to keep me in him. Amen. He's doing everything that he can to hold on to me tightly. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's only, listen, 
It's only my sin that can separate me from Him. And I'm not talking about the mistake that I make here or there. I'm not talking about those things missing the mark. I'm talking about those things that I continually allow myself. Those things that I've made excuse for. Those things that I say, well, you know, there's, a, there's kind of a blue, there, I'm sorry, there's kind of a gray line here. This is not black or white. You know, maybe, maybe see, maybe no. No! no. If there's doubt, don't! No! No! If there's doubt, do not. Amen? And some of the things that we just allow ourselves because it feels good or it's comfortable or we don't want to tick somebody off, we don't want to be the oddball, we don't want to be rejected by our peers. You know, come on now. No. Those are the only things that can separate us from God. But see, listen. We, it's because we're choosing that. Because Listen, even my own sin, when I miss the mark, if it's, he's he's ever present trying to urge me, trying to pull me back, trying to get me to, to realize this, not acceptable. The Holy Spirit checking me, not acceptable, not acceptable, not acceptable. And he's, that's him. He's, he's saying, Tony, 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 Tony. Always. But then it's Tony that has to say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know why. I don't know why. But, but I'm hoping that you do. If there's been this thing that's been just tugging at you, that's been nagging you, or you've had doubt in your mind and in your heart, you're saying, I'm wondering if this is, if this is acceptable. I'm wondering, but you've always, now you've heard this thing. It's been, it, it, there's been this little battle going on inside of you. I'm here to tell you this morning. If you're here this morning, God is speaking to you directly right now. Or if you're listening online, God is speaking directly to you right now. Because I didn't plan this. If there's doubt about where it is, if there's doubt in you right now, then the answer is don't. 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 Put it away. Separate yourself from it. And that might be a relationship that you're pondering right now for somebody. Man, don't. Hallelujah. When Jesus saw their faith, He said, Son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, listen, they were, they were right in thinking that because, now that we have that, they were right in thinking of that because in, in several places in the scripture, Exodus, Isaiah, Micah, I mean, it talks about God is the one who forgives sins, right? So, so now they're, they're speaking in their reasoning but, my brothers and sisters, there's something that's, as, that's, as we continue in, in verse 8, immediately when Jesus perceived in the Spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? See, now, now when Jesus is asking them, He's not saying, it's wrong to measure what I'm saying against the Word. Did I give you that one? It's wrong to measure what I'm saying. Uh, against, it's not wrong to measure what I'm saying against the Word. Just like everything that comes from a pulpit, anything you hear, even from your favorite peach, preacher, and if I'm not your favorite preacher, you need to pray. No, I'm just saying. If, no, no but, but even if it's from your favorite, man, you have to check it out in the Scripture. So Jesus is not uh, upset because they're measuring what he's saying against Scripture. Or is this right? Should this be done measuring it against Scripture? But he knows their hearts. 
Because now there's a difference, my brothers and sisters, between critical thinking or a critical spirit. There's, there's a, see, and that's why I'm saying to you, anything that you're hearing as it relates to the Word of God, young people, please measure everything with an open mind and an open heart, but always measure it, bottom line, against this. See, don't say, well, you know, I don't, Pastor Tony's a nice guy. I know not all of you say that, but, but maybe the one or two of you that do. <laughs> Pastor Tony's a nice guy, and, and he wouldn't say that to me unless it was true. And, and, and in fact, it's true. Not necessarily that I'm a nice guy, but I wouldn't say anything that purposely that wasn't true. But, my brothers and sisters, you, you, you have to check that out. You have to make sure. And that's not... Or there's some who would say, well, Tony said that. Now, just because he said it, I'm a, uh, it's probably not true. Or, I don't like Tony for whatever reason, uh, so, nah, I'm going to disregard that. See, or, there's some people that no matter what, whether it be a prejudice, whether it be a prejudice, whether it be something that's happening inside themselves, God is dealing with them, they're angry. Come on, they're angry, they're hurt. There's some hurt, there's some scars. And so you're not going to hear certain things. Or there's just some people who just love being contrary. Have you ever been around anybody that, you know, if, if you say it's black, they're going to say it's white. If you say purple, they're going to say... You, you understand what I'm saying. If they say, you say up, they say down. You ever around anybody like that? You ever, have you ever been around somebody that just had a critical spirit? Man, did you stay around them long? <laughs> Me either. That gets old. It gets tough. You know, I pray that I'm never that way. As I'm getting older now, Dom, as I'm getting older now, I spent some time with my grandkids. They taught me the, what is it, the wow? The woe. Excuse me? Almost got it right. That's right. That's right. But but even then, I mean, I you know, I, it's so great to be around and be positive. I mean, I may not understand all of that, and I may not agree. I definitely don't agree with all of that. You know, but 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 not to just be hypercritical all the time. Come on. So now we know that in this day, these guys are following Jesus around right now because Jesus has a huge following. So they're following with the sole purpose to catch him in something. Yeah. Why? Because he's, he's not one of them. Yeah. Right? He, he can't be the Messiah. He come from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> come on. My brothers and sisters, man, no. It's okay to think critically, to try to, to, to look at something and measure it against, not just the... Now, as it comes to... Now, let me qualify this. As it relates to spiritual things, I'm going to relate spiritual things to spiritual things because we've already been taught through the Scripture that the carnal mind cannot receive spiritual things. So if I try to go ahead and figure things out and it has to make sense or think critically according to my human senses my natural way of thinking, I'm not going to be able to make sense. But now as I'm studying and I'm reading and I'm receiving the Holy Spirit, now I'm looking, measuring spiritual things against spiritual. Right? Come on now. Come on. Stay with me. Just tracking with you? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. My brothers and sisters, so now it's not wrong in that regard then to think critically. 
So when I, it allows me, I mean, to be humble and to sit under other ministers preaching and teaching, even a minister who's younger than me, even someone who hasn't been studying the Word as long as me, maybe someone God has given a, a divine revelation to, and I've, I've run into those people. Believe it or not, there are a few ministers that are younger than me. But I've run into a few of those people, and it's a, and it's, and it's a great thing. And, and I've, received, I've received a lot of harsh, I've received... Serious criticism. I shared that with you when me and Michelle were about to, you know, uh, relaunch and everything. And we went down and we spoke to a, a person that is of high reputation who I knew before he even pastored a church. And now he's pastoring huge churches and stuff. Man, he, cr- he crushed us. Crushed us. And, I, you know, Michelle didn't... <laughs> Michelle is so great. I know I shared this with some of you. But when we got in the car and he already crushed me, <laughs> she turned him off like halfway through the conversation because this guy was pretty harsh. And she turned him off. And so on the way home, I'm in the car and I start to talk about it. She's, wait, stop, right there. And she said, don't pay attention to anything. That guy, don't be discouraged because of what... No, and I said, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what... He was mad about something and he came into this meeting already angry. And so he came in there and he was not... Listen, his critical thinking was like them. He already had a predisposition as to what he was going to say, what his thoughts were. So my brothers and sisters versus me now, I'm in the car on the way home and I'm trying to have a conversation with Michelle and I'm thinking, okay, so I'm going to be the opposite. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to listen to anything that that man said because he was so cruel or he was unduly harsh and because he prejudged me. But what I am going to do is try to eat the meat and spit out the bones. So let me think about some of the things that he did say and let's see what is applicable. That's critical thinking. Okay? He had the critical spirit me and Michelle tried to use that thing and, and use critical thinking. Do you see the difference? See, these, these scribes and these Pharisees, they, they, these, these leaders, they already had their predisposition as to Jesus. So now, when, when he does this, when Jesus does this, in their heart, is it okay for them to say, okay, let's measure this against the Word of God? Yes, but they were measuring against the Word of God already in deciding that this can't be the Messiah. Already decided, if he does one thing wrong, it's all over. He's blaspheming. Let alone their very scriptures told them and pointed to this Christ who would come. See, so they want to pay attention to some of the scripture and hold him to some of the scripture, but not to the total scripture. Are you with me? Come on now, stay with me, stay with me. So look, we should not be critical just for the sake of being critical. It's okay to think critically and to measure what the pastor, preachers, or teachers are teaching. Measure it always against the Word of God. And don't consider, listen, don't consider just the source, but consider the source of the source. Amen? All right. So now in verse 9, which is easier to say to Jesus? Which is easier to say to this paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? Which is easier? But that you know, that, that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Listen, so that you'll... Here's, here, I'm going to prove to you 
that when I say that I have this power to forgive sins, because this man, they knew it, they believed this, this was part of their belief, this man was, was, ap, was ridden, bedridden because of his sin, right? Right? That's what they believed, that's what they trusted. So now he's saying, okay, according to your own belief, and according to what you believe, this, this man is, is bedridden because of sin. So now I'm going to show you that I have the power on earth to forgive sin, because he's going to get up and walk. So you know that I... Come on now. That wasn't hard, right? That's real, that's real easy. That's real easy. But there's certain little hidden gems in here. So watch. So that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up the bed, and he went out in the presence of them all so that they all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. They glorified God. God got the glory. God the Father got the glory. But now watch. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, write it down and you could check it out later. I was watching, this is Daniel, he's receiving this vision. I was watching in the night visions and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion, glory, kingdom that all people's nations and languages should serve him. Who? The Son of Man. Right? His dominion is everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. My brothers and sisters, listen. Jesus was flat out telling them who he was. He was flat out telling them who he was. So watch. The same people that are trying to hold them to Jesus, Jesus that is, to the letter of the law. Well, he must be a blasphemer because only God is able to forgive sin. Is the same, are the same, excuse my language, are the same gentlemen that should have understood this and they did. They knew what Daniel said in that verse. They knew when Jesus was saying, Son of Man, referring to himself, they knew what he was saying. Are you with me? Okay, you don't look like it. Some of you, yeah, yeah. Late night last night. So, brother, sister, so, so what? So, so watch. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Get over your prejudices. Get over your past. Get over your own intellect. You don't got to try to figure it out. You know? You can't, and you cannot figure it out according to natural. I'm going to say it again for the umpteenth time. If I could figure God out with this brain that he gave me to think with, he's too small. He ain't God. If I can figure him out, then he's not God. I can't figure him out, and I can't expect that I'm going to, listen, by critical thinking according to the world standard, according to my own intellect, according to what the current science says, uh, if I think that I'm going to be able to identify God, know God, am I going to be able to, to, to really uh, uh, understand him, understand his ways, it's not going to happen. It won't happen. It won't ever happen. But judging spiritual against spiritual, looking at spiritual, looking at it critically according to the Spirit. Line upon, I can look at these lines and now I can read this. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, as, I'm not a doctor in their theology like they were. I'm not a Pharisee or a scribe. I, I'm, I, didn't, I don't know the Old Testament like they knew it. But here, here I know, when, when Jesus says something like that, and then I can compare it to something like they had to compare it to, like in Daniel... I don't, listen, I don't have a high IQ. Didn't hear any amens? Praise the Lord. But I could figure that out. See, now I'm comparing. That's critical. I'm using some critical, spiritual, spiritually critical thinking. Are you with me? So I'm comparing the Word with the Word. 
And so now I can understand. So now when he says, Tony, your sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't have to worry. I don't have to think about it. I mean, he's, my brothers and sisters, that is good. It's good. It's better than anything, any assurity that you have in this life. It's better than, I, I can't even, I, there's nothing to compare it to. There's nothing that it can compare to. Hallelujah. So now, let's go back. When Jesus saw their faith, verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. In 1 Peter, which we've been here before, in 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8, but the end of all things is at hand. Remember this? Not too long ago we've been studying this, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. These guys cared enough about their friend that they made a decision that they're going to carry him to this man Jesus who they're hearing so much about. And some of them may have even heard him preaching before. He's already been around. So some of them may have already had an experience and heard the word preached by Jesus. This good news. Amen? Amen. So now, they love this man enough, they care for this man enough, their friend enough, that they're going to go through the trouble of carrying him there. Amen? Alright, look at what's 1 John 5, 4 and 5. Again, here's where, we've, where we have been recently. For who, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Let me ask you. Jesus, well, let's go back to 5. When Jesus saw their faith, how did Jesus see their faith? It's not a trick question. When, amen. They tore the roof off the place. Come on. They didn't own the house. They could not get in. They didn't even try to bribe anybody. They didn't try to pay somebody off. They didn't try to muscle their way in. They tore the roof off the place. Come on. This is awesome stuff. How did Jesus see their faith? They were willing to carry their friend all the way over there and they were willing to tear the roof off the place. That Listen, I liken this to that woman that says, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know I'm going to be healed. It doesn't matter that I'm breaking the law by being out here. It doesn't matter that I've got to press through this crowd. It doesn't matter that I might be recognized. It doesn't matter that I've gone ahead and lost everything that I ever had. I don't even have decent relationships anymore. None of that matters. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. If we can just get our friend in front of Jesus, he's going to be healed. Hallelujah. If I could just carry my kids to church long enough, Coley will say something, Michael will say, they'll get a new pass, something's going to happen, they're going to be saved. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I don't mean to yell, but that stuff gets me kind of excited. That is awesome stuff. How did they know? How did Jesus know? Because they, they tore the roof off the place. Man, somebody's got to be willing to tear the roof off the place. Somebody's got to be willing to go ahead and not care about how they look, not care about how they sound, not care even about offending anybody, but going after God with everything that you have, knowing that's confidence. That's confidence. I know when we tear the roof off, could you imagine that? Could you imagine the walk that way? 
Could you imagine? Well, hey, now what are we going to do when we get there? Well, we'll just bring him before the rabbi. The rabbi will heal him, have mercy on him like he did all those other people. Okay, then you get there. Uh-oh. I knew we should. I know it's always bad to come to church late. I know it. Someday y'all are gonna. Someday you're gonna be lined up out there. You're gonna say, "I wish I would have came," because now I can't get a seat. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Wish I would have came early. And don't think that Tony's gonna do two services in the morning because he ain't gonna do it. Hallelujah! Now what? I got an idea. Let's climb up on a roof and bust a hole in it. <laughs> Can you imagine that conversation? What about the guy who was, who was being healed? What about the paralyzed man? What about him? No, guys, leave me home. Yes, just leave me home. No, I'm all right. Not me. When the master comes in town, then maybe... No. Leave me home. No. No. Come on, let's go. I'm ready. You, yeah, you guys care about me that much? Let's go. Get there, can't get in. Uh-oh, now what are we going to do? Man, I, I, can, can you... Hey, I don't have any money. What are we going to do? We can't pay anybody. What are we going to do? <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> yeah, can you, what, what about... Man, what about that? How does that conversation happen? Or what goes... What's that thought process? Now, I want to tell you, ring my doorbell. We're never that crowded. You don't, <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm just teasing. I'm not Jesus. I, I, don't, I know that. But my brothers and sisters, think about that. Would, you, would that thought even cross your mind? But my brother said, action. There's some kind of action that has to take place. Faith without works is dead. What are you willing to do? What action are you willing to do? to take what action are you willing to take first of all let's search ourselves some of these prayers that we've been praying and and and, and listen holy spirit help me here there have you come to the point where you said okay lord i, I i'm i'm grumbling i'm complaining that's not of you so, forgive me. Give me, a, give me a right spirit, Lord. I'm, I'm, Lord, I've asked for this thing time and time and time and time again. You just won't give it to me. What's wrong here? Examine ourselves. Lord, this one's acting a fool. This one's treading upon me. This one's treating me badly. I'm getting this. I got that. I got it from every direction. Nothing seems to be going well. Lord, what's wrong? Let's look here first. It's, it, see, our tendency is in the flesh to always point whose fault it is. What's going on there, there, there. First, I need to start here. And I'm saying me. I'm pointing to me. First, I need to start right here. Okay? First of all, listen, am I doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing? Forget about in this moment. Forget about in this moment, you know, the, 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 the don't do's. Okay? Because I've already modified my behavior. Come on now. So you... I've already modified my behavior. I've already stopped doing those things that the flesh still wanted to do. And I've went ahead and I, I broke some of those bad habits, you know. But here's the problem. 
laying inside of you. You may have modified your behavior, but you never crucified that fleshly desire. It's still in there. It's just buried. It's just waiting for a chance to get out. Or because you've buried it and you haven't crucified it, it's that thing that's keeping you, listen, that's keeping you mad, keeping you angry. That thing, that's what's making you grumble and complain because you're doing it in your own strength. You're, subsi- you're holding back that thing. You're, you're, you're kind of controlling that lust with your own human power. And emotionally, it's, it's crippling you because you're working so hard at it. When in fact, what we have to do is go to the cross of Christ and say, Jesus, I can't kill this. I need you to help me to kill this thing. Hallelujah. I thought it was dead and gone, but every time I find myself in this situation, here it comes back up again. Man, go and get rid. Jesus, I can't do that. Where we cannot, God does not work with our behavior modification. It's us giving our, ourselves to Him and letting Him do the work in us. Letting Him do the work in But we have the desire for it to happen. Amen? So, so, so could, could you imagine though? Let's, let's go back. I've got this, this thing that is, is keeping me. It's, it's my... What, what, I have this other desire because I haven't achieved this in my life. I'm experiencing disappointment. So now I'm, I'm critical. When someone else is getting healed... Yeah, that's fake. When someone else is coming out in a tongue or, or there's a word or someone tells me or there's, there's, there's a word that's given to me, do I receive it? Come on. Where am I spiritually? What's got my attention? What am I looking at? Come on. We, gotta, we, we can't be afraid to rip the roof off. It's, it's time that we rip the roof off the place, man. We've got to rip the roof right off the place and not be worried or concerned. We can't, no, don't care about, man, what about, no, none of that matters. What matters is getting in front of Jesus. Having enough faith where no matter what it's going to cost me, no matter what it's going to look like, I'm getting in front of Jesus. No matter what. It's going to cost you something. I'll guarantee you it's going to cost you something in the natural. It's going to cost you something. In Galatians 5, 6 it says, For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. Jesus saw the faith of the four friends. There also had to be some kind of acknowledgement from that man that was on the mat. I need Jesus. I need something. Amen? But those men loved their friend enough to do what they did. That's faith working by love. See, I know that there's people in this room right now that if I, I needed someone to help me to get a hold of God, I needed someone to carry me on the mat, they would do it. I, I know they would. I know. And my brothers and sisters, listen, 
That's the measure of what happens among us. What are we willing to do? Not so that we earn favor with our neighbor or not so that we can earn some favor with Jesus, but just simply because we love someone. And because we love them, we take action. Action. Love is an action and faith without works is dead. You see how that marries? You see how that marries? Faith working by love. Jesus went to the cross because he loved us. We rip the roof off the place for somebody, carry them because we love them. Those men knew what they thought in that theocracy, that this man you know, probably had sin in his life, that's why he's a paralytic or whatever. They, they all thought about it. They all probably had their little, you know, parties, their little gossip sessions, you know, I wonder what he did, I wonder what his parents did. Just like, remember, you know, remember when Jesus healed the blind man not too long ago, we were in that, we're, we're in John, where they, they were walking up and his disciples said to Jesus, you know, was this man blind because of his sin or because of the sin of his parents? Remember that? What did you say? Neither. But see their thought? That blindness was caused because of someone's sin. So what am I saying? Don't think that this person that was paralyzed, that nobody in his circles thought that it was because of sin. That's what they thought. But yet you have four people who love him enough, regardless of whether this is because of sin, regardless of no, no matter what this is, we're carrying him to the foot of the rabbi. The, we're carrying him to the master. The master can heal him. He's going to get healed today. My brothers and sisters, we are not to look down at each other If someone's struggling, you know what? Here's what we do. We put them on a mat. We rip the darn roof off the place and we take them to Jesus. That's what you're supposed to do as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Yeah, somebody ought to praise the Lord. That's what we are supposed to do. I don't, man. You know what? If my faith is not where it's supposed to be, then I would hope that there was somebody who loved me enough to come up alongside of me and bind and to, 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 to carry me to the Lord because I can't carry myself. That someone would go ahead and love me enough to do what it took. If he did it for him, if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. So, young people... Don't get upset because you've got to go to church every week. That's your parents or your guardians loving on you. They love you enough. They haven't had to rip the roof off yet, but if I lock that door, we'll see what happens. You know what I'm saying. No matter who you are, if someone's calling you to check up on you, man, they're not judging you. They're not, and they're not being critical of you. I hope. But shouldn't we check on each other? Huh? Don't we love each other? So shouldn't we check on each other? Shouldn't we make sure that we're okay? What can I do to help you? Come on now. I'm, I, listen. Come on. That's what church is. That's, that's what church is. That's, that's why we come together. 
to love each other, to have a relationship with each other so that this relationship gets played out this way. I prove that I love him by loving you. You prove that you love him by loving me. Isn't that right? Scripture. You better say it's right because that's Scripture. That's straight from 1 John. Straight from the Scripture. The only way that we know that we love God is that we love each other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, are you willing to rip the roof off? I mean, what are you willing to do to prove, to show you trust Jesus? He didn't ask you to rip the roof off. Not yet. He didn't. But I'll guarantee you that everyone in this room knows enough or has had experience enough with the Lord to know that He's asked you to do something. So do you have the faith to do that? Stand with me, please. Hallelujah.